0: Get people voting. Get hunters voting. The world's controlled by those who show up, and there are so many issues that affect hunters that they could actually have a voice in and change if they, in fact, showed up. Today on The Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts, Chad
1: Belding is mobilizing the outdoor community and stressing the importance of casting a vote in the 2024 election with Chris Savita.
2: You were in the Gulf War,
1: you got
0: Purple Heart recipient, the wounded, right. wounded battle veteran. Right. Thank you for your service. No, oh, Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Chris Lasavita is Donald Trump's 2024 presidential campaign co-manager, and he joins the podcast to discuss the significant role that hunters, anglers,
0: and sportsmen can play in the upcoming election. Good politics makes good policy, and so hunters need to take ownership of that and mobilize and get out. And yeah, I know it's inconvenient. I live in Virginia, and election day is always smack dab in the middle of the rut. Hunters need to take advantage of that, and they actually need to make their voices heard.
1: Thanks to Safari Club International for supporting the Foul Life's SEI Foul Thoughts, and make sure you check them out and become a member today at safariclub.org. Then SCI
0: is just, I mean, a great operation.
1: Now to the SCI convention with Chad Belding and Chris Savita, Donald Trump's 2024 presidential campaign co-manager.
2: You're at SCI. Your son works full-time for SCI. Yeah. Um, how many Chris's are there, by the way, just so I can get the history of... Is it Chris and Chris Jr. or are there more?
0: No, it's Chris and Chris Jr. Chris and Chris Jr., I'm okay. hoping down the line there'll be a third. Oh, there will be. He's good-looking
2: <laughs> You were in the Gulf War. Yeah. Purple Heart recipient. Yeah. Wounded. Right. Wounded Battle Veteran. Right. Thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. appreciate it. What year was that? Was that 91, 92? Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Sometimes it
0: feels like yesterday, but yeah, it was 1991. You were a Marine? In the Marine Corps. It was uh, February 25th, uh, 1991, which was, was actually my mother's birthday. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. She didn't want to get that call on her. No, she still gives me a hard time about it. Were you on a mission? Well, I was with, a, um, I was with the 1st Marines in the Albuquerque oil field the um, <clears throat> with a Marine Artillery Unit. And um, our Artillery Unit, for whatever reason, ended up as one of the most forward uh, elements of the entire 1st Marine Division on the second day of the ground war. <clears throat> and uh, we were setting up in a position and rolling into an oil field that was occupied by some not so friendly people um and there's a lot of things you know written about the the first gulf war and um, you know all these you know it was always the iraqi surrendering there wasn't really a whole lot they would talk about that was going on but in this particular instance in this particular day there was a lot going on and so we we ran head on into iraqi armor bmp's our artillery unit you know, was like shooting at Bad guys at point blank range, and with cannons that artillery pieces, howitzers that are meant to shoot at 15, you know, miles. Yeah, you're dinging them at, you know, you're taking shots at, you know, three, four hundred yards. Um, <laughs> it makes for a uh, an interesting experience. But I took shrapnel from a. It was actually a um, uh, the Iraqis had received over the years, previous years, a lot of different equipment from other countries, and I think it was a French-made armored car with a 90 millimeter gun. That literally fired around and it went off at my feet. So the fact that I'm standing here is a bit of a, you know, a miracle in and of itself. But I was just splayed up with shrapnel. But anyway, I fared better than they did.
2: Yep. Well, thank <laughs> you for your service. Um, nowadays, and I want to get into because I truly appreciate your time today because oh, I know no, how busy no, you are no. here. But no, it's
0: great. You can. You're my,
2: Donald Trump, President Donald Trump's campaign manager. Right.
0: Right. So there's, uh, I'm the co campaign manager, Susie Wiles and I. We both manage the campaign. We've been working together for about a year. It's a massive enterprise, right? It's a um, nearly a billion dollar company that you got to form and create. But yeah, I've been in politics for 32 years, but Susie and I run the campaign. Yeah.
2: How does it come about that you're running Donald Trump's campaign? Were you part of his 2020 run? 2016 run? In
0: 2016, I was a a senior consultant at the RNC, uh, and I. Did a lot of things at the RNC, the convention floor, and stuff like that. I've been running political campaigns and as a consultant and uh, uh, writing TV ads and things like that for three and a half decades. I mean, so I've been doing it for senators, congressmen, um, governors all over the country. So, um, and I've run political committees on a national level, super PACs. Um, 2004, I ran um, an operation called Swift Boat Veterans for Truth, which was a really large. Uh, independent expenditure effort that was aimed at John Kerry, um, and it was very successful. So, I've been very involved in, on, on different kinds of things, but in specifically with, with President Trump in 16, I was very involved in, in the RNC committee, but not on the campaign. Um, and then in 2020, um, I ran a super PAC, which is you know an outside entity that's not tied uh, to the campaign, can't coordinate to the campaign, can't talk to the campaign. It's just a legal thing. And it was funded uh, by over $100 million, and the sole mission, my sole charge was, by the donors, was target Joe Biden in all of these battleground states and beat the hell out of them, which is, was a great job. It was great fun. Yeah. Um, didn't get to the point that we wanted to be, but we made a difference in key states. So, so I had that experience, and, um, and then I came involved with uh, the president back in 22, uh, I uh, did some work for him and got to know him really well. And, you know, he wanted me to stick around and be a part of the campaign leadership. So it's a great honor. I mean, it's the pinnacle of one's career in politics to, you know, this is a Super Bowl. So
2: before we get to Trump, when you're in that 2020 and the battle, the battle states and you're targeting Biden's campaign, mm-hmm. how many people actually voted in 2020? And the reason I ask is because the numbers seem like a, about half of the entire population of America. Somewhere around 100. If they say that 80 went to Biden and 70 something went to Trump, I don't know if 150 people, 150 million people, have ever voted. Right. I'm, I'm just I'm asking, and I'm no. not trying to sound ignorant, but no. did that many people really
0: vote? Well, it depended on the you know the percentage, the overall percentage, and I, I can't recall it offhand, but in many states, individual states, the turnout exceeded 70 percent of the registered population. So you know you have the population of the United States and then you have the voting age population of the United States and then another subset of the voting age population is what's the percentage of those folks that are actually registered to vote because there's hundreds of thousands of voting age adults in the United States who aren't even registered to vote. Um, so, you know, but that's the number that we really focus on. I do know this. In 2020, Donald Trump received more votes as an incumbent president running for re-election than anyone ever had done in history. In history. In history. And got beat. They say.
2: It doesn't sound right to me.
0: No, it's uh, but but this much is certain. There were a lot of laws and everything that were changed because of COVID. And they literally moved the goalposts to their advantage and used COVID as an excuse. Um, Wait,
2: was COVID... Did it come? Up, but, oh, yeah. did, but was COVID manufactured to do that? <laughs>
0: well, I'm not going to go there. But oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm wondering. Not, I'm just, uh, no, no, well, you no, said
2: move even. the goalposts. So I was Well, I mean,
0: it's, it's, you know, never, I'm trying to remember There was Rahm Emanuel who was, uh, President Obama's first chief of staff, who basically said never, le- never, never not take advantage of a crisis to your advantage, or something like that. Right. Um, and so clearly, this they looked at that as an opportunity to, oh well, let's change the rules regarding mail-in ballots, and then let's do this and let's do that. And so, and 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 in some cases, in a lot of states, the rules that they changed are now deemed illegal, and you can't do that anymore. Deemed but illegal. it was convenient for that one year. It seems like it. Yeah. yeah.
2: When you look at where we're at in 2024 right now and we're coming you know live from nashville at the sci annual convention you do a lot of work with sci like we said chris worked. your son works for sci full-time yeah. how important are the people walking this floor in this hunting population? Because I remember going to bed at like midnight or something, Mister Chris, and in, in Michigan he was up by quite a bit, and then I woke up in the morning. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, what the heck happened? Pennsylvania, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, Wisconsin, like it kind of just had this downward spiral, and and then late saw, night
0: ballot drops, we call them
2: late night ballot drops. <laughs> but um, as a whole, I talked to Ted Nugent quite a bit. Yeah, I love guy. Ted. Yeah, okay, I love guy. Uncle Ted. Great, guy. and he, his big thing is get people voting get hunters voting so that's important to you right like I know it's the run well, I know but you got to get out there well, and you can't you can't have a voice if you Chet,
0: don't vote you, you raise a great point and the world's controlled by those who show up and you know there are so many issues that affect hunters that they could actually have a voice in and change if they in fact showed up um, you know there's a good population that do but we're missing hundreds of thousands of potential votes every single year uh, and when you consider that these elections in this day and age are being decided by a few, ten, you know, tens of thousands of votes, you could really have a difference. You can really make a difference. I mean, when you're talking about you know land access issues out west or even back east, you have water right issues. You have, you know, they want to change. They they don't want to use lead bullets anymore. They want you to shoot a piece of copper or you, you know all of these types of changes. Can be affected, prevented, stopped, pushed, regardless of what your perspective is through the ballot. And, you know, politics makes good politics, makes good policy. And so, hunters need to take ownership of that and mobilize and get out. And, yeah, I know it's inconvenient. I live in Virginia, and the, you know, both election day is always smack dab in the middle of the rut. And, um, you know, I always lose. You know, the day before the election, the day of and the day after, because I'm usually stuck in a recount somewhere. But the way voting is done now, I mean, you can, you know, you can request an absentee ballot. You can vote early. They make it. It's a little easier and it's a little bit more accessible. And hunters need to take advantage of that. And they actually need to make their voices heard because other look, if hunters don't vote. And then all of these policies by people who don't share our values or who don't share our heritage or don't share what we like to do, the, the outdoors, they're going to basically run us out. And if you don't vote, then you've got no real reason to bitch about it. Because yeah, there's you a lot didn't of show vote. up, that's the way it is.
2: And if you don't think it's happening... <laughs> Look again, because the bear here. band in California, the cougar oh. band, the lead bullets, the syntax, 11%. The, yeah. They tried to outlaw you know, any kid under 18 not being able to be shown with a gun. Or they tried to stop youth hunting days. And yes. it's happening. And talk to me about Donald Trump for a second. Yeah. President Trump, when it comes to that hunter vote, I've seen yeah. him speak at SHOT Show. Yeah. I've seen him speak at NRA. He's actually out there talking to us. Oh, oh, no, more so
0: so than any other candidate that I've ever seen in terms of engaging with the sportsman's community, the hunting community, you know, the conservation community. I mean, all of these things are in our wheelhouse and, you know, he's very much interested in ensuring that what we love to do and being able to pass that down to our kids and is something that continues. And so we try to touch as many people as we can. And for all the different things that are going on, I mean, it's, uh, you know, like I said, the NRA this uh, next week, and, you know, we'll do, we do podcasts, you know, we'll do, uh, of course, Don Jr. is a great ambassador Big time. Um, for his dad uh, in the sportsman community. I mean, just actually a fantastic, because he's the real deal. And so, and he understands a lot of the concerns. You, I mean, you know, an issue will pop up and, you know, we're so mired in our own battles on a campaign level dealing with international stuff and you know taxes and inflation and all these other things and then don's like always on top it's like having your own policy expert uh, on issues that hunters care about because he'll fire off something to us and say look you guys know about this Of course i really understand some of this stuff and i'll be like whoa you know they want to do x y and z and so it gives us an uh, i think an added advantage in understanding because in, in frankly in, in the business of politics at least on the republican side there are quite a few of us who are prefer a duck blind right um or a tree stand and to you know, as our you know main method of uh stress reduction big time. um you know and um so it's near and dear to us as well but it's frustrating because you know i'll run into guys on my hunt club in virginia and uh i'll walk in a week before the election because usually the saturday before the election i'd that's like right at the pre-rut, and I'll try to get up and spend a day or two in the woods. But I'm like, I tell the guys, are you voting? Uh, and I'm like, man. It <laughs> doesn't get, make sense. you got to get your ass back to, you know, and make sure you vote. So it's a simple thing. You put your hand over your heart and take the Pledge of Allegiance and sing the Star Spangled Banner, you got to do the same thing and vote.
2: When you think about the campaign right now and your approach and your strategy to it, For lack of better words, I'm going to use the word threat. Why are people so threatened by Donald Trump? Why has it become to where he is like looked at as a bad person? Like I look at the man and I'm like, he doesn't drink. He doesn't party. He's built an empire. I get it that he had an inheritance. Maybe I don't know the whole history of it, but the man is a CEO mentality that is a leader that has built an empire, an empire, right? Does that threaten him? Is it because he's not a lifelong politician? Is it because he's not afraid to call people out? What is going on with that whole, um, I guess, you know, that threat that he's become to people? It Because I hear people, he just needs to stay off Twitter. He just needs to keep his mouth shut. You hear this a lot out in just common America, right? right, right. What is wrong with raising the eyebrows of people and saying the things that he said? Like, how has that gone about to where he's become such a threat to The left side, the celebrities that just keep pouncing on him. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, first and foremost, he did. He built an enormously successful business. And, you know, for years, for years, and this is relevant because it was just in the news. For years, when he was running for president and it was president... You know, there was this big, uh, everybody was saying, "You need. we want to see your taxes, we want to see your taxes, blah, 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 blah. And uh, there's got to be something in your taxes. And then some dude that worked for the IRS as a contractor leaked his taxes to the New York Times. And they had like 11 or 12 years of Donald Trump's taxes, which probably could have filled up half of this damn room. Yeah. You haven't heard anything about it. Not a word. You know why? They went they were, through it. They it went was There was nothing there. There was nothing there. And so it's just amazing. And to give you another example, you hear this. Uh, and people hear this talk about the deep state, right? You hear the, the word, the deep, okay, what does that mean, right? Well, there's literally, and it's not some grand conspiracy, but, you know, Donald Trump presents a threat to the old way of doing things, which was, you know, you've got these, this establishment, if you will, that exists in Washington, more commonly known as the swamp, where it's the last thing on people's mind in large part Is not America first. It's it's you know, it seems to be everybody else's agenda. And Donald Trump represented and still does a direct threat to that line of thinking because his entire focus is look, we gotta put when he says make America great again, right? Put America first, he's talking about putting the American people first. And the lens of his approach to doing anything. Is all built around that and that alone. That's the lens that he views all of this through. It, how is this going to impact, you know, the average Joe? How is this going to impact American business? How is this going to impact, you know? And you know, I, I was asked at a when I was in Iowa last month, I was asked by a bunch of reporters. You know that so and so with the World Bank, and uh, you know in Europe they were really concerned about. I was like, who gives a sh- You know, crap about you say whatever you want. <laughs> about about uh, what Europe thinks. They're the last group of people that were even thinking about in the context of a campaign in the United States. And so, um, it's a a genuine approach that. Some people in Washington view as, you know, upsetting the way they've always wanted to do things. I mean, the State Department has their way of doing things. Well, it's not necessarily... I mean, they told Donald Trump, no American leader has ever met with Kim Jong-un in North Korea. You can't do that. That's unheard of. What's he do? He goes to North Korea, stands at the DMZ, and then (laughs) puts his foot over and steps to North Korea and shakes the hand of Kim Jong-un, who's a crazy dictator. But... You know, no one messed with the United States when he was president. If you think about it, you know, if you think about it from a foreign policy standpoint that has a direct impact with us right now with what's going on in Ukraine. But when, you know, President Bush was president, you know, the Russians invaded Georgia, the country of Georgia. And then when Obama was president, they invaded Crimea, which is, you know, part of the Ukraine. Um, when President Trump was president, nothing, nothing, and then Joe Biden, then the Russians move, you know, right on in, and, and now we have what we have going on there. And so, that in and of itself tells you or should convey a message. And so, you know, it's just, it's a different style, a different approach that, as I said, you know, there's just people in DC that aren't used to it. And they, you know, oh, we've always done things this way, and here's the book. And, um, you know, Donald Trump represents a decision maker. And so, Uh, Did he get everything right all the time? No, no one ever does. But my God, the difference in the way the economy hummed, the way the border was dealt with, and, and all of these things Commerce. now. Oh, everything. We're going
2: to break here for a few commercials. I appreciate y'all being here.
0: How many people actually voted in 2020? In many states, individual states, the turnout exceeded 70% of the registered population. So I do know this. In 2020, Donald Trump received more votes as an incumbent president running for re-election than anyone ever had done in history. In history. Who are your odds on favorite
1: to win the Oval? office this November. This is the Chris
0: Lasavita crystal ball. What happens in November of 2024? Donald Trump is going to be elected president of the United States. You're guaranteeing this? I don't guarantee anything, but as it stands right now, that's what's going to happen.
1: The Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts is coming to you live from the Safari Club International Convention in Nashville, Tennessee, and it's brought to you by Safari Club International, Corning Ford, The Provider, and Jack Links. This special edition of The Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts with Chad Belding and Chris Las Vita will return after these words from our partners. We'll be right back.
2: This season went by so fast. It was a different season. It was weird. The migration was slow, but all I can think about are the good times, the high fives, the smiles, and my Benelli's. I absolutely love having a Benelli by my side. I mainly shoot the Super Black Eagle 3 and 12-gauge left-handed, 26-inch barrel. I know that they have the M2 left-handed 20-gauge waiting for me in the truck when we're in the flooded timber, and I can't wait for the future to see where this SBE3 line goes. So far, the 20-gauge, the 28-gauge, and the right-handed models, you can't go wrong with Benelli it truly is simply perfect it is the best waterfowling duck and goose hunting gun on the planet there's not a second the super black eagle 3 series in 12 gauge 20 gauge and 28 gauge I'm telling you get one in your hands make sure that you can depend on your firearm and that's exactly what Benelli is it's totally reliable simply perfect for the duck and goose hunter I can't wait for next season I'm Chad Belding with the Foul Life Television
0: thank you Benelli Looking for a high-quality truck accessory that's built to last? Look no further than Lear. With over 50 years of experience in the industry, these guys know what it takes to make your ride look and performance best. Whether you're looking for a fiberglass or aluminum cap, a hard or soft cover, or accessories to customize your truck, Lear's got you covered. Their products are made with only the best materials, and their innovative features provide added convenience and security for truck owners. Head over to Lear.com to explore their range of products and take your driving experience to the next level.
2: We are in and out of- of our gun safes all year round whether it's trap shooting clay shooting practicing for the upcoming duck season our rifles our shotguns our muzzle loaders our handguns we depend on secure it to store our firearms year round in our shops our garages our trailers while we're on the road their fast box mentality in our house gives us the advantage to protect our families to protect our dwellings and that's exactly what the second amendment is all about it's not about showing off our gun safe it's about being accessible and safe Safe. And that's exactly what Secure It does. It gives us the advantage on a daily basis. I believe in Secure It. Everything that the brand is building, I can't wait for the future. Check them out at SecureItGunStorage.com. You cannot go wrong with their storage systems for all of your firearms. Tell them Chad Belding and the Foul Life crew sent you. Thank you very much.
1: If you're tired of settling for 2nd rate gear that doesn't perform when it counts, look no further than Bandit, the ultimate choice for hunters and outdoor enthusiasts. From top-of-the-line hunting jackets to ultra-comfortable, meticulously crafted waders, Bandit has everything you need to take your outdoor game to the next level. Their gear and innovations are anything but average, designed to give you the edge you need to succeed. But it's not just their gear that makes Bandit stand out. Bandit accessories like their backpacks, blind bags, gun cases, and more are built to withstand anything the outdoors can throw at you. Head to Bandit.com and experience the difference for yourself. Choose Bandit and dominate the outdoors like never before.
2: The Pecos Mentality living off the land, scouting these birds, hunting them hard, being ethical, clean, harvestable shots, the calling, the dog work, the decoys, the concealment, everything that goes into it and then the butchering, the processing, the bounty, being around a table with friends and family, that's what Pecos Outdoors stands for, we're honored to be part of the Pecos family, Bone appetit and let's celebrate the hunt together.
1: Welcome back to The Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts with Chad Belding and special guest Chris LaCavita, Donald Trump's 2024 presidential campaign co-manager.
2: Talk to me about Donald Trump for a second. President Trump, when it comes to that hunter vote,
0: he's actually out there talking to us. Very much interested in ensuring that what we love to do and being able to pass that down to our kids is something that continues. As sportsmen and women,
1: we must stand firm and dedicate ourselves to conservation and understand the
0: importance of passing down the hunting tradition to the next generation are you voting it's a simple thing you put your hand over your heart take the pledge of allegiance and sing the star Spangled banner you got to do the same thing and vote
1: the foul life's SEI foul thoughts with chad belding and special guest chris lasavita is proudly brought to you by safari club international benelli secure it rob roberts custom gunworks and kershaw knives now let's get back to chad belding and chris lasavita donald trump's 2024 presidential campaign co-manager
2: um, I don't know, and I'm not a, I'm not on it every day like you are, Mr. Chris. But in his 2016 campaign run when he beat Miss Hillary, I don't know if I should call her that, Hillary. Um, I don't know if he swayed away from
0: anything that he promised
2: us in the no, campaign.
0: No. I think he got most of it done. It didn't anything. And that's the other thing is consistency in politics. If you're someone seeking serving in public office, remaining uh, consistent with what you've said. Well, it's a key attribute and it's something that will define your success if you decide to do anything in the body politic in the future. And it's part of the reason why Donald Trump is just crushing right now in the Republican primary. I mean, the, uh, we have all these people that have spent hundreds of millions of dollars um, trying to be the new Donald Trump. And it just does. I mean, wh- why pick new Coke when you have the original?
2: With that um, being said, real quick,
0: yeah. he's 77. Or how old 77. He? Oh, man. He's worth billions.
2: He's got some nice homes. You just said he had a seven fifty seven. Oh man, it's a nice one. Too. Um, he's he gets got Marago, He's got some golf courses. He's got oh, some. He's got, he's he's got, got, got some Scotland, hotels. He's got, I mean, it's, it's why amazing. would it's why amazing. would he want this job? If he, why would you want that stress for another four years? When you're going with well, your doing, 80s. Doing now.
0: look yeah. what they're doing now. Look okay. what they're doing
2: so now. So talk about it, like the, the lawsuit just now, well, and this eighty lawsuit, million, and then which and, was a
0: total crime and then jail time, then literally dreamed up out of nowhere. And I have to be careful what I say because I don't want.
2: To well, he, they just said <laughs> that but, he had to pay eighty three million. Oh, yeah. oh, just, oh, it just happened um, to pop up in November. And, and it's crazy. And, in two thousand four. Oh yeah, and
0: and then of course you know all of these sham and bogus indictments, and and um, look, it's not only that, but they're they're tipping their hand. They're so damn afraid of running against him that they're willing to weaponize the, you know, what was the marquee justice system in the world. They're willing to put all of that at risk, which they have done, they've ruined it. It's become a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, we're no different than a, a Central American country. Um, when you can literally go out and indict and prosecute and persecute your political opponent at the level that they're doing. But you know, just for good measure, if that doesn't work, then you have these crazy lefties uh, all over the country that are trying to deny him ballot access. They're like saying, oh, Colorado, we'll do, well, Colorado, know. all these states. Um And it's not a lot, but we've been and we've actually in, in, in even some liberal states, we've successfully beaten back the effort. But they are literally taking every single measure that you would take in a banana republic. And and try and keep your opponent from trying to keep you from facing your opponent because I mean look Joe Biden is the most unpopular president in history he's an unmitigated disaster he's weak he conveys weakness when you look at Joe Biden you don't see strength you don't no. see America you don't see resolve right no um, you see I like to call it dazed and confused uh, Trump projects an entirely different image. Um, and and actually has a record that backs it up. So we're in a classic battle. It's a but we truly believe that the balance of the country it's concerned.
2: Trump lives in Florida uh, as a right. full time now. Mm-hmm. Um, Ron DeSantis is the governor of Florida. Right. There was some talk, you know, and I don't know the whole history of the relationship, but at one point, Donald Trump did speak highly of his campaign, and that he was going to help him get the him. job, endorsed yeah. him. Um And then they went to war a little bit. They went, they fought a little bit yeah. during this during yeah. this presidency yeah. or this uh, this campaigning. But now he's dropped just, out just and he, a little bit. Just a little <laughs> bit, but he's dropped out and he endorsed President yeah. Trump right. two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Nikki Haley's still in there. We've had Iowa. We've had New Hampshire. What happened in New Hampshire? Um, was it good for Trump or are these are the, the haters again saying, well, he didn't beat her by enough. He didn't get enough of the, yeah. the common voter. Right. What what happened there in a nutshell? And was it positive for the president?
0: And, well, first off, in Iowa, that's what we call in the Marine Corps, good old fashioned ass whooping. Yeah. Um, and no one had ever won by a margin like that since they've been having caucuses, which has been a long time. So it was history-making. Um, and then, it and he, he was the first candidate in a multi-candidate race to get over 50%. Uh, and then we went into New Hampshire. And New Hampshire, you know, it's a little different in the sense that it's a primary. And as long as you're, you know, not a registered Democrat, you can actually vote in a Republican primary. So if you're an independent who votes Democrat but not as a registered, you know, every state has different uh, rules, but you can vote. And so Nikki's entire campaign was built around bringing in um, these unaffiliated voters, these these voters who aren't necessarily Republicans, um, and maybe not even Democrats. They just are in the middle. And some of them are Democrats. And long story short, it was a record-breaking turnout. Uh, Trump won by 11 points, and he received more raw votes, so more votes than any candidate for history in that state. So it was fantastic, and what was funny, we won all the major demographic groups. Donald Trump won amongst men, he won amongst women. You know, Nikki was making the fact that she was a woman a big part of her campaign in New Hampshire made no sense. you know, one overwhelmingly Republican. So no, we came out of there with a lot of wind, wind in the sails. And then, and then, you know, now we're going into Nevada.
2: Sisolak's gone. Lombardo's in there as governor. We right. switched our yeah. parties
0: for the governor, but our yeah. Senate still
2: stayed the same. It right. was really weird to me during our election last year. Yeah. My good friend, Joey Gilbert was running yeah. against Lombardo. Joey's a dear friend of mine, but yeah. I live in Reno, Nevada. I know yeah. that Vegas is the big city there, but what's going to happen in Nevada? What's Trump look like out there right now? Well,
0: then uh, <laughs> actually what's interesting is there, there are, so there's, and 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 this is part of an effort that we're really in the middle of right now there's two quote-unquote elections one is on february 6th that is a primary that the state runs okay and they mail like they do in nevada ballots to everybody just if you're a registered voter you're getting a ballot you open up that and you look on it and donald trump's name is not not on there
2: he's not on there i've got i've gotten
0: 30 phone calls from friends well here's here's the reason the reason is because the battle in a Republican nomination is all about delegates, right? You're scoring enough delegates. <clears throat> the parties, the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, they control the method to award those delegates, right? So the Republican Party in, in Nevada decided they were going to have a caucus, which is a smaller event that's by county and it's controlled by the Republicans, not the state, controlled by Republicans. So um, you, you come in during a set time, you vote, you leave. Then the Republicans count the ballots, and then they award it. So the party made a set of rules, said, if you're going to compete in the primary as a candidate, you're not going to be on the ballot for the delegates in the caucus. They just drew a line in the sand, told the state, um, because the state changed everything, and they were trying to dictate to the parties how they're supposed to do things. You know, Andy McDonald is the chairman of the Republican Party in in Nevada, and a great ally and friend, you know, just said, "The hell with you. We're going to do it our way. So, the state continued to have their primary, they sent out the ballots. Nikki Haley decided, just completely mind-boggling, to forego the caucus and the delegates. Now remember, to win the goal to win the Republican nominations, you have to amass delegates. delegates. She decided just to go with the primary, primary. so it's it, basically it's meaningless. So you have a list of votes, a list of some people that are still on the ballot. Yeah, Mike Pence is still on the ballot there. You have Tim Scott. He dropped
2: out months ago. Months he dropped ago, out months ago.
0: And, and a couple of other names that people just put their name on there. And then there's, of course, none of the above. Yep. And then there's Nikki Haley. We're not engaged in any effort to drive people to vote a certain way if they decide to cast a ballot. You can vote in the primary. If you got your ballot, you, you can vote for none of the above, mail it in, or show up on election day and turn it in. But then you can also go to the caucus two days later and vote for Donald Trump because it's going to be Donald Trump and some guy who, honestly, I can't even remember his name. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Ryan Binkley, you know, and we're going to win that overwhelmingly. So we're in a really good position. And his support amongst Republicans in Nevada is through the roof. And quite frankly, it's very important for us because we want to win. We have to win Nevada in the general election. Yes, uh, It's a swing state. And so which you did not in which we did not 20 and we're but but our goal is to do it this time so everything that we're engaged in and doing now in nevada is going to help us greatly in the general election
2: so we got to go and i appreciate your time no, again. No, we great. don't we're good we can talk for another hour because yeah. i could do this all no, right. no, no, no. What, what about this background in that oh
0: no it's great well, it's a great town yeah, isn't this cool and, and sci is just i mean a great operation and i wish he was you know, speaking here i wish yeah. he
2: was i was i was hoping junior would be here. i know they're busy um when is exact Super Tuesday? When is the exact date? March latest? 4th. March 4th. She's quoted as saying she's staying in until Super Tuesday. Why? Why keep spending all that money? Well, we, what, what's the outlook on that? Well,
0: that's what she says. I mean, look, the, 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 you know, candidates are often the last people to realize that they're done, right? So she's going through, I call it the final stages of grief. It's only a matter of time. Um, we're competing against her right now, if you want to call it that, in her home state of South Carolina, where she was governor for eight years and a member of the state legislature for four. <clears throat> and she's losing by 40 points. Wow. Just getting crushed. Every single statewide elected office holder in the state of South Carolina has come out and endorsed Trump. Every congressman but one has come out and endorsed Trump. Nancy Mace, her, a good friend of mine, and her congresswoman endorsed Donald Trump. So it's this over. And it's not just the elected officials. It's everybody. From the top down, the grassroots, all of these people. The more you know Nikki Haley, the less you like her. So it's only a matter of time. And it's it's. But honestly, these kinds of contests in the primary, they may be aggravating and they sure as hell drive me crazy at times. But they're good for for a couple of reasons. And one of the most important reasons is that it allows those of us who run these kinds of operations to stress test tactics. to get ready for the the big game. The strategy, the Super So we're stress-testing our organization, we're stress-testing our people, we're stress-testing our methods, our processes, all those things that go into running a multi-faceted national campaign in which you're going to spend nearly a billion dollars. It allows us to test all these different things. So from that standpoint, it's not a wasted effort.
2: I have two more thoughts. Um, Will the truth be told about this judgment that came out last week and this amount of money that mm-hmm. is supposed to be paid to this plaintiff. Um, will the truth come out on these 700 years that he's gonna be up for confinement? <laughs> There's a, this is crazy to me. Like, and again, I'm not a politician, I'm a voter, yeah, right. but will the truth come out? Will we ever know the real truth you you just said a few minutes ago that it could be strategy and that we're that we're a banana republic and that they're weaponizing
0: yeah.
2: and and literally trying to put your political yeah. opponent in jail. in jail. Will the truth be told?
0: Well, that's our job, right? You know, the president went to the trial uh, in in New York um, specifically so that he could make his case. But the judge just would. I mean, usually, you know, when, when people think of court, you know, whatever they see on on, uh, you know, these TV shows and so forth, you, you can enter evidence and, you know, you can have a defense They wouldn't allow any of that. It was awful. Oh, so you have this and, you know, the defendant um, said all of this stuff and that could, you know, maybe change the outcome. The judge is like, yeah, no, I'm not going to hear that. So, I mean, it's that bad. It's wow. that bad. Yeah. And so uh, in all these other cases, um, you know, every single day we're fighting you know all of these individual hoaxes and then we would find out that one of the big cases down in georgia tied in with the january 6 malarkey uh... that the prosecutor is the lover of the uh, attorney general who's basically it's unbelievable I, I mean it's 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 like it's so bad so a lot of those truths are coming out, and they'll continue to come out. And, I can't wait Mr. till your Consen, book. I can't wait till your book uh, comes out. It's a out. book. I, I have great stuff for a book that'll never be. Written. It'll never be. No.
2: Last last thought, Mr. Chris. Thank you so much for oh, being no, on no, the please. on the foul life. It's an honor, Club. actually. Thank you, Safari these International. The, these is are foul the, kind
0: of the podcast I like to do. Well,
2: thank <laughs> you. Um, you use the word endorsement. <laughs> yeah. My good friend Brent Cobb wrote a song called "Shut Up and Sing." When I go to a comedic show, I want to laugh. Yeah. 100%. I don't want to go and see Chris Rock give me a, a political right. rundown for 40 minutes. Right. Um, I don't want to hear Amy Schumer tell me that she can have guards, armed guards protect her when she walks down the red carpet, but I can't have him in my home.
0: Right.
2: How important is a celebrity endorsement and how do you do it right? Because I don't think that I'm going to listen to Robert Downey Jr. when he tells me who to vote for. Right. Doesn't mean I disrespect his acting skills. Of course But so. that's what he does. Yeah. It's weird to me that you see all of this concentration on the Swifties and the Kelsey and the that whole deal, and yeah, then you, yeah. and then you got the rappers and then you got the actors. And, and What does that endorsement mean? And are we really trying to gather votes at any means necessary when somebody like Cardi B or somebody says, "Oh, I'm, I'm out for this." Right. What does that mean? And is it okay as the campaign manager? And how do you manage that? Because I, I just don't understand that whole mentality of how somebody with no influence politically wants their entire downline. It's almost like a pyramid scam. Like it's Amway and they got all these people underneath them. They're like, hey, I just want you to know that my movie Pirates of the Caribbean was really good and I want you to vote for Joe Biden. Like it doesn't make sense to me. And right. I don't know if that question makes sense, but no, no, is, is celebrity endorsement important?
0: It's important from the standpoint that it gives us to paint the our opponents as that, that they're that clueless. That I mean, look, the vast majority of Americans, the vast overwhelming majority of Americans, make decisions based in, on their own conscience, based on what they think, and, and and I may not always agree with it, but they're not. You know, but there is a segment of the population that is influenced. Um, I mean, look at the look at what they're turning out in colleges. You know, they're turning out you know kids who who think that that are biologically a male to think no, I'm actually a woman. I mean, what the hell? Yeah. How the hell does that happen? Where this that come that, that comes from? A brainwashing that comes from literally propaganda. It comes from just drilling the stuff into these kids' heads. And a lot of it is perpetrated by these folks that live in ivory towers that have no clue of what you know day to life is. And and some of them should know better because they came up through School of Hard Knocks and you know bartended and then they got a big break and then they became rich and famous and then all of a sudden they've forgot where they come from but the endorsements I mean we worry about what we can control we don't spend our time trying to get you know uh, Hollywood's blessing I mean, We actually you know could care less what Hollywood thinks they're certainly not the um, uh, the bedrock of, uh, of American value so we just don't you know we don't pay a lot of attention to it but but again, the vast majority of Americans make decisions differently but but there are some folks that have and that represent certain constituencies. Um, like it or not, some of our people, you know you know we have a lot of people that are very much interested in preserving the Second Amendment. Um, I think that if you're enacting an and you're you know in that realm, you should really take a look at you know what do you need to do to preserve the First Amendment, which is really the most important one. Because when they start taking away your First Amendment, you know your right to free speech, yep. um, you know it's going to directly impact them. Which is what is happening all over the place with canceling and it's, cancel it's culture. it's am- sad amazing. to watch. Yeah, yeah. You said acting.
2: Um, besides The Apprentice, Donald Trump had an awesome acting role in Home Alone too. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, Trudeau he has it taken out of the Home Alone <laughs> shown in Canada, which I'm like. That's crazy. Like you don't even show <laughs> Donald crazy. Trump in there. How what bad? kind of guy is he? When you walk into the room, right. you're an Italian, okay? My mom's all Italian. Hey, La Cervita. Does he give you a little Italian accent? Uh, is he a well, jokester? I, he,
0: no, no, he's, he, look, he's a he's a consummate professional, obviously former president of the United States. I will say that um, I really enjoy my time, um, that I get to spend with him on the plane. Is he smart? No, oh, the guy's brilliant. Brilliant. But here's the thing. He'll come up with stuff, and, you know, like, I've been doing politics for thirty years. My entire career has been in politics, and... And, of course, he, he he has an enormous amount of experience in politics now, and especially being the former president. But he'll say stuff. and He'll, he'll say, well, I want to do this. And I'll be thinking, you know, all of my years of experience and training has taught me something different. Not to do that. But his instincts are insane. And so I learn something new every day. Um,
2: he's an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, oh, he's oh, a risk taker. Yeah,
0: yeah, oh, yeah. And, and so it's actually... You know, interesting to watch, and but no, no, we have a, we have a great time, and um, but it's all business, it's all campaign, really, right now.
2: That light right there, that shadow of that light, that reflection of that light, looks mm. like a crystal ball. This is the Chris Sevita crystal ball. What happens in November of two thousand
0: twenty-four? Well, Donald Trump is going to be elected president of the United States.
2: So you're guaranteeing this.
0: I don't guarantee anything, but as it stands right now, that's what's going to happen. You the man. Thank you for your service. Thank you for everything you you do for SCI, for Hunter's Rights. And um,
2: I love your son. He's a stud. And thank you. I was honored to meet you
0: yeah no likewise thanks Saf- for having me
2: heck yes safari club international's foul thoughts right here at the foul Eye nice. podcast i've been wanting to have you on and when i got to meet you last night my girlfriend hannah she's freaking out like <laughs> you're like a celebrity like no she's, no i'm oh, she, woke, not. she woke up to, she woke up today just i can't believe he's coming on oh no i no, has been thrilled. texting me babe i'm, I'm so I'm happy great.
0: this is great you guys run a great show and i'm just honored to be here so well thanks. i'm honored to have appreciate you on thank you my chat. man. Thanks, man. appreciate care. you yeah
1: Today's episode of The Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts with Chad Belding and Donald Trump's 2024 presidential campaign co-manager, Chris Lasavita, has come to an end.
2: Heck yes, Safari Club International's Foul
0: Thoughts right here at The Foul Life Uh, Podcast. You guys run a great show, and I'm just honored to be here. For
1: more of The Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts, hop on to thefoullife.com, plus SoundCloud, iHeart, and Spotify. And to become a member of Safari Club International, head for
0: safariclub.org. Thanks for listening, and always keep bit foul.